adventure, or midlife crisis. Maybe it's a little bit of both. Join with me today as I chat with Chris McQuillan from Great Britain as he talks to us and shares with us his adventures with his dog Moose on a walkabout around Great Britain. He's one third through that journey and he's also doing it for a charity. This is a conversation you're not going to want to miss, folks. So grab your cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and let's get on with the show. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langling, your host. I'm also an author, speaker, freelance writer, and of course, your host for today on Let Fear Bounce. I am welcoming in Chris McQuillan. He's coming to us from the United Kingdom, and he has got such a great story to share about him and his dog named Moose and the journey that they took around the entire United Kingdom. So welcome, Chris. Thank you so much. I've really been looking forward to this conversation. Hi Kim, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's it's nice to be able to talk about what we what we got up to and what started out as just being a little bit of a midlife reaction, I suppose is is kind of the the, the best way of summing it up, really. <laughs> I like in your in your bio you had written it was time for your midlife adventure slash crisis. <laughs> Absolutely. I think everybody's got one of those in them. Um, and, and if you haven't had yours, then, yeah, then you know, you've, you've really got something to look forward to. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Some people like I, I, some people buy sports cars. For me, uh, it was it was <laughs> rendering myself homeless, practically, and then um, grabbing a rucksack and my dog and, and walking around the, 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 the British coastline. So. And I think that's a fantastic idea, because what a journey you two probably had. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, it, it was. It was everything I didn't expect it to be. Um, and it was. It. I think if you think about things too closely and too deeply, you run the risk of actually talking yourself out of them. So it was. It was very, very half baked in the fact that it. It seemed like a really good idea at the time. So. <laughs> and did it? Did it turn out to be a really good thing? Yeah, for for some of the right reasons and for the rest of them all the wrong reasons. But yeah, it, it really, really was. It's, so how um, how long did this journey last? Well, to be honest, we're um, we're about a third of the way through. So I've actually taken a sabbatical because of COVID um, uh -huh. and the the travel restrictions in the UK, and as well, I wanted to concentrate on another aspect of it. So while we were walking initially we got um that there was a lot of interest from the people that we met um about what we were doing so it made sense to actually take pause from that and actually try and develop that part of the story because what i wanted to do is i wanted to to give this adventure um a little bit of longevity and i also wanted it to open doors for me as well um so i took some time out to to write a novel which is out tomorrow it's um, out tomorrow tomorrow is the big day for the first debut novel yeah yeah so what's, yeah, the, really... what's the name of it and where can we find it <laughs> topically it's chris and moose's waggy walk and it's part one crisis on the coast path Wonderful. So, um, and it's available from pretty much anywhere, really. So it's available to everybody in the US. Um, if you go on Amazon, you'll be able to find it and you can download it for your Kindle or you can order a hard copy. We will definitely be sharing that link in the show notes when this goes up so everybody can hop on and get themselves a copy. Oh, cool. That's, that's yeah, awesome because that was going to be one of my questions. Are you planning <laughs> on writing a book? And you've already done it. That is yeah, awesome. I am. I have. And it was, it was, the, there were several reasons for doing it. It was, it was to kind of, I suppose my, my big takeaway from this is I wanted to inspire people to, to be able to do what, 
um, do whatever they want to do. Um, so I don't know. I suppose when I was not not to go into the to the boring story of my life, but I um, I, I I I passed my qualifications in the north of England um, uh, as a as an engineer, and it was very much I used to work from job to job, and it was it was very much a nine to five dirty, sweaty, horrible job. But I cut my teeth in that trade and I developed it, but I always wanted to kind of get out of it. It's very harsh on your body doing uh, uh, frontline engineering. So after a while, you look at some of the older, older guys in the industry and their knees are starting to go and stuff. So I wanted to move out of that just to kind of give my my knees a little bit of longevity. So I started working for a bigger company in the south of England and I got taken to my very, very first colleague conference. And I'd never been to one of these before. And that was probably about 2012. And I'd heard about them and, you know, these inspirational speakers that you mm -hmm. get off. And I remember being sat there and this guy got up and, um, you know, started talking away. And I just thought, no, these things don't actually exist in it. And these, this was just pre-TED Talk. So, and you know what? It absolutely blew me away. And I can't really remember what he was talking about. It was something about, you know, um, don't feel beaten, beat a 10. So it was kind of a play on words thing. And then, the afternoon speaker was somebody, it was a, a woman that had done um, like uh, three of the main mountaineering peaks. And again, it just, it, there was something about it that really captivated me. And I thought, I'd really like to do that. And then did nothing about it. But the idea behind the walk was that I thought, you know what, if I can do this, then maybe I can open doors. And I suppose I want my story to kind of inspire people in that way. But don't walk the coast well, do walk the coast if you really, really want to. But I suppose, you know, we 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 look at massive achievements and 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 lifelong goals as being these almost unachievable, insurmountable things that that, that are only the purview for the exceptional. And that's rubbish. Um, you know what your dream could be learning to play an instrument, learning a language, learning how to crochet, having a family, starting a business, whatever it is. And I suppose that's what I, I want to give people the, the, the takeaway from is, um, you know, whatever it is that you want to do, then, you know, make it your passion, surround yourself by it. And, and eventually you'll find yourself there doing it. I always think, you know, dream bigger than what you think is even possible because you're more than likely going to get there. It's step by step. And more often than not, you'll find out the place that you ended up wasn't a place that you'd imagined yourself being, but it's just that paradigm of circumstance that just pushed mm -hmm. you and you ended up there. And sometimes it's really, really nice. I think that if, if you if you sit and do nothing and and, and, and clothe yourself in, in your self-defeat, then that then kind of like it signs your own sentence in that respect. Um, and it's a shame because there are so many people out there that just don't fulfill their, their dreams and ambitions uh, for, for whatever reason. And it's, it's a shame. It is. Uh, it is. That's one of the reasons why I started Let Fear Bounce. I wanted to give people a platform to share their dreams, to share their stories, because there's so much power in that. The people that, you know, I have on the guests such as yourself, you very, we don't know who's going to listen to this. And it could be that spark, that inspiration <laughs> that that person needs. So what I've done is I've actually fished this out. So, um, our education system in the UK works slightly differently than yours. So we have junior school and high school. So that's about the same. And then we have kind of like our, it, it layers then, uh, whereas you go to college, I believe. Whereas we kind of do that, we go to something called sixth form college or college, and then we go on to, to university. And our university is kind of what your college is like. 
so that's when you know uh, pupils go away for a couple of years and you know they mad parties and all that kind of thing um i'd left senior school and i went to sixth form college so and i was doing a 12 months course there i've fished this out i've, I've got a I've got a little set of notes in my hand. I was doing A-level maths. So A-level is like the, the next higher up. Um, and I found out that I was rubbish at A-level maths and that I actually got downgraded to doing something called B-tech maths because my maths were so terrible. And the teacher there, Sue Fish, there you go. Um, I'm 45 and I went to college when I was 17. So this is how long ago this was. So we had to do a, a presentation. And these are the presentation notes that Sue Fish gave to me. And they say things like preparation, set your objectives, assess your audience, all the all the speaker stuff that you should be familiar with. And then your presentation delivery is about posture, movement, gestures, eye contact and voice. And then I'd like you to read. And this is the one takeaway that stuck with me from possibly one of the first people that really, really influenced me in my life. And this phrase, as hammy as it is now, has stuck with me through most of the difficult decisions I've ever made in my life. Fear, feel the fear and do it anyway. Every time I've been to a job interview, every time I thought, should I walk the coast of Britain? Whatever it was, write a book, do this, do that, ask a girl out feel the fear and then do it anyway and that kind of was the little mental kick up the ass I needed to actually go and do it yeah I love so. it yes and I completely agree with feel the fear and do it anyway um I I often say you know acknowledge the fear acknowledge yep. it embrace it and then kick it to the curb and keep on rocking on yep. you, can't, I, you cannot let fear settle on you and stop you from living your life it's that's you just can't no, I think I think it's I think it's an invaluable part of us. I think without fear, we we run the risk of making some really stupid decisions. Just don't let it be your master. Um, you know, right. it's, it's it, it serves a purpose and then put it in its box, which is really really easy to say. It so. is very easy to say, isn't it? <laughs> it, it is. It is. We're saying it's like yeah, I, I just flip a switch in my head and then off it pops and then on I go. So, but yeah, it's it's not. Of course, it's not that simple. But you know, it's. I find that daft little mantras like that absolutely work. And it's really funny, the fact that I don't really remember much about my A-level or B-tech maths, as it turns out to be, but I remember Sue Fish and I, I kept her um, I kept her presentation notes. So yeah. <laughs> I think that's great. So when you started your journey, you probably had a couple instances where you're like, whoa, am I really doing this or should I really be doing this? And you just grabbed your dog and went anyway. Yeah. Yeah, they did. So I think initially it was kind of like I, I blinkered myself to the entire experience and the fact that I just had one mindset to do it because I know that I knew that if if I sat there and and procrastinated over it, that I might end up run the risk of talking myself out of it. So I kind of I got enthusiastic about it. I mean, to be fair, I had a lot to do because I wanted to raise money for charity when I was doing it. I had to build my website, which sounds more complicated than it actually is. Um, you know, there's lots of web building sites such as Wix that, that, that mm -hmm. it's really easy to do yourself. Set up a Facebook page, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Because what I wanted to do is, first of all, I wanted to document it for me. And then the second part was I wanted to, to give people access to it and a way of actually sharing in the experience and the whole experience. So my, my thought process on it was, if I set all this kind of stuff up, that then people could follow me along the way. So I was really, really busy right up until walk day. And then in 2018, so I set off um, on um, just 
just at the end of June um, in south in southern England, um, and it was particularly hot. Um, it was baking that summer, to be honest. We had a, an unprecedented heat wave. So there's me with my dog, a rucksack the size of a house, um, trying to walk in unshaded, you know, uh, coastal trails. Um, it's yeah, it, it it was a real challenge. It was, <laughs> I suppose, in one breath, it was the I can't believe this and the little boy in me having little Atreyu moments, you know, sort of like, you know, <laughs> so you know what I mean. So I was like, yeah. quest, I'm on a proper quest, like a proper <laughs> adventurer. <laughs> to about 15 minutes later, me going, oh, God, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> and then, well, how did Moose take to it? Oh, he was fine. Um, Yeah, he was he was great. He 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 liked the outdoor aspect on it. He didn't like the fact that he didn't have a couch to go to at the end of the day or, or, or a bed or a sofa, but he took yeah. to it surprisingly well. Yeah. Um, he enjoyed being out. He had, he had a couple of scrapes. So, so far we've done about a third of mainland Britain. So we've done uh, from a place called Portishead, which is just where Bristol is. And then we've kind of done all around the South coast and then up the other side to the Scottish border. And in that time, he's had three mishaps um, that, that that warranted me ringing a vet's up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they weren't serious. The first one was he, he ate a wasp. So I was I was dropping the tent, and I looked at him, and his face had swollen up to twice its size. Oh goodness, yeah. Because he has this proclivity of snapping at bees and wasps as he's as he's <laughs> as he's uh, uh, you know, oafing about while I'm trying to get get the camp moved and stuff like that. So, um, and the others were just like abrasions and stuff like that right so, right so how how old is moose uh he was four and a half when i got him he was he was five when we did when we set off on the walk and he's now um seven and a half so yeah and he's a he's a labrador mastiff cross um so he's got a really really good for for any doggy lovers that are listening to this so the mastiff aspect is a very you know the, the guard doggy they're very they're very loyal very obedient and then you've got the labrador aspect of it which is none of that yeah <laughs> so he's, he's definitely a dog of two personalities yep. and the fact that yeah at night when we're when we're, when we're in the tent and everything else he is guard dog extraordinaire when we're on the coast path He's a lunatic. He really is. So. <laughs> now, my dog Dexter is part Mastiff as well. And I find yeah. that that part, they are very protective and very loyal. But also, they have that uh, I could sleep all day long and not care about anything part. Oh, and he can. Uh, and he can. And he can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he, 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 he definitely takes the opportunity as, gold, as golden. So every time when we have a long day, because I wild camp for most of it, so I'd I'd I try and get a a, a bread and back breakfast or a or a, a hotel once every week, once every ten days, and that was more for the you know common courtesy of everybody that we met on the trail because I mustn't have smelt very nice after ten days. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I'd pitch the tent at night, um, and then as no sooner we would be up, then boom, he'd be in and snoring his snoring his snoring his head off for the rest yep. of the the rest of it so yeah so on your journey you must have met some amazing people i'd say that so when when i set out on the journey like this i thought the things i'll see mm -hmm. um and i did i've i've seen um you know mainland britain it's not that big especially when you can set when you can compare it to something like uh, the us it's got a nice rich variety um of of, of countryside considering it's a, so small an island you know there is lots of contour there um 
So I was looking forward to that. It was the people that actually became very, very quickly the highlight. Yeah. And it was for many reasons. Um, in some instances, uh, we kind of, we had people that would just adopt the walk and and kind of they become friends of the walk and 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 contact us over social media and then we'd arrange to meet up with them um there were other people that i'd absolute strangers that i'd meet and they they absolutely rescued us yeah. because we were in a fix or i were in a, i was in a place called tintagel in cornwall and i met this um this lovely old lady Tintagel's a little bit of a it's a bit of a bohemian kind of town it's 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 very very hippy trippy so you know she was kind of there in all of her uh, you know bright tie-dye t-shirts and she must have been in her late 60s early 70s um and she 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 saw what we were doing because it's fairly obvious that we're not kind of there as regular tourists i'm wearing a massive rucksack <laughs> and i've got a, i've got a white t-shirt on that usually depending upon where we are in the B&B stop usually isn't that white um, with with the charity name on it and sure. uh, and the website kind of thing. Um, and anyway, she she came across and we got talking and she was like, oh, that's wonderful. She said, I haven't got a lot. And then she pulled this little drawstring homemade bright colored purse out of a bag. Um, and she gave me she gave me about 35 pence, which I don't know, it's probably about it's probably about 50 cents. And it was all the change. And I felt really bad about taking it. She's like, no, no, you take that. And I, I want to support you. And it was like, oh, that, that's really great. And it was just that that act of giving. And I could tell that, you know, even though for, for the money she donated, probably didn't have a massive impact on the charity. But you know what? What she donated and her impact on me and that level of generosity is it's it just it shows you the best of humanity. It really, right. really does. Right. Absolutely. And I met so many. I could probably go on for hours and hours talking about all of the wonderful random acts of kindness from people. Um, the one thing I would like to say about that, I don't know how it is in the US, but over here there is a concerning damaging rhetoric that can be sometimes put across by media um, and that is that we live in this dangerous horrible world where you can't trust your neighbors but 50 years ago you could knock on your neighbor's door and ask for a cup of a cup of sugar and, and and they'd leave the doors open all that stuff about you can't trust people i mean you've got to you've got to be wary of course mm. you know but it's not true. People are incredible. We live in a fantastic society and people, when they see stuff like this, they just want to get on board and see how they can be a part of it and contribute. And people are brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I agree. And it is the same in the United States, the, the rhetoric and that whole, you know, we've got to keep that fear floating around because we want people to be doing this or go in this direction. And I've often told people, I refuse to be part of the sheeple movement, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I, I, I've got my own values, my own set of ethics and values. I know right from wrong. And I also know when I'm hearing right and wrong, you yeah. know? So we do we do have some of that here. And I, I have been over the last year, I, I use the phrase a lot, I'm tossing nuggets of goodness. Mm -hmm. And... I do that with this podcast. I do it with the stories that I write and then I share on social media because there is goodness out there and it just takes one person to be kind and it, it doesn't does. cost you a dime to be kind. It doesn't cost you anything to be kind and to be a decent human being. And I am, did you, are you sharing some of your interactions with the people that you met in your first book? 
Yes, I am. Uh, there's a, there's, there's, there are some really good portions of it. Sorry, not not meaning to plug it, um, but um, no, no, plug away. <laughs> yeah. So 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 there was there there was one particular chap. There's so many, but um, yeah, there was one particular chap that I that I met. We were we were just coming through into Cornwall, and um, so to give you an idea as to what's what's coastal like. What, coastal walking like in Cornwall um, I'd say it's probably more akin to mountain climbing um, because the coastal paths don't go inland to follow level trails they go up and down okay like really really steep incline so you you know sooner at the bottom of a valley then you've got a narrow staircase cut into the side of a cliff and then back down the other side so and it was really hot 2018 was monumentally hot and I was carrying a rucksack like I'd way too much stuff in it. <laughs> I was I was carrying a travel guitar with me for the first half of it for God's sake. <laughs> um, but um, anyway, we got down to this to, to this place called Port Isaac, and um, I, I just I just basically collapsed on the edge of this park bench, which was on the the the, the, the outskirts of a, or the surrounds of a beer garden. And I met this old boy, um, and he was like bald, wispy hair, and and he was there supping a pint of a uh, pint of ale. And um, anyway, we got talking, and he called himself John the Beard. Anyway, we we kind of had a bit of a chat, and then I I carried on walking on, and then I had to walk back up a hill to get to the top of Port Port Isaac. And I stopped off again at another bench, trying to figure out where to camp and stuff. And anyway, he sat down next to me again because there was another pub at the top and he bought another pint and he sat there and he's just, so we got chatting again and he was like I shouldn't really do this he said but well you're sleeping tonight I was like well there's a field somewhere I'm, I suppose I'll probably find something he was like nonsense you'll stay with me and anyway we ended up going round to his house listening to music all night drinking far too much whatever it was that we were drinking oh it was a mess and I wouldn't mind but I had a I'd, I'd been contacted by BBC Radio Bristol the day before and I had an interview in the morning Oh God, that was a shocking. <laughs> um, and it's it's strange, but um, I mean, this guy was mid sixties again, and, and we're still friends to this day. So um, it's, and that's just one example of right. the, all of the stories are kind of in there. Um, I wish I could have put more in there, but at the fear of boring people to death. But yeah. no, because you didn't. You but, say that you were but, calling this volume one. I am, yeah. So this only takes us. Uh, it's it's difficult because it's it's a little bit like so. When, when 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 this podcast first started, uh, you said that you were in Pennsylvania. I actually know where that is. Um, Great. So, yeah. Um, so, so, Perch, just near New York, I believe. Yeah, just in the right top, top yes, right-hand side. We, we yeah. Bump, yeah, we bump up against New York State. Yes. Yeah, see? Okay, there we go. So um, I sort of know where that is. Um, and I don't want to go rifling off names of places. But, um, yeah, book one starts in at the Bristol Channel. Um, which is the southwest of England, and then it is just the southwest kind of foot bit of mainland Britain, um, and it takes us to Plymouth. And then book two will be from Plymouth to the Thames, and then book three will be from the Thames to where we are currently stopped at Berwick-on-Tweed on the Scottish border. So you've got a three-book series already. Uh, it's going to probably turn out to be maybe a five-book series. That is awesome. I've got to write it, yeah. <laughs> Well, you will. I have all the sure confidence. You've got the first one. You said it's it's being released tomorrow, right? It is. Right? And I've got half of the second one down. So, yeah. it, it's easy peasy. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to reading them because I definitely want to get myself a copy. And I want you to please keep in touch with me 
as you continue this journey? Because I would love to help you spread the word here in the U.S. with it. That, that would be absolutely awesome. And yeah, I mean, you know, you, you literally can follow along with me. Um, even though I'm going to be heading out into the wilds of Scotland, I will be making a, a, a daily video diary. Um, so you can you can involve yourself in it. You can comment on us, send us emails. I'm very, very accessible, providing I've got internet access, that is. Sure. And then again, on Instagram, I'll post loads of photographs. So if there's somewhere that I'm going to that you think you'd really like to see what it's like, then yeah, you know, I, I want to try and share as much of this journey as I possibly can, because it seems such a waste trying to selfishly keep it all to myself. Oh, no, no. And this is something I think people should see and know about and hear about. Yeah. As we were saying, there's a lot more kindness in this world than people are realizing or even I think they stopped looking for it. Yeah, it's um, my dad. My mum and my dad are very two very very different people, and my dad wasn't too he wasn't particularly impressed by the thought <laughs> of me wandering off with nothing but a tent, um, because he's very driven by fear. He he, um, you know, my mum and dad were separated when I was a kid, so uh, he lives on his own. But his daily routine is he finishes work, comes in, puts on the puts on the news, and then that's what he absorbs for the rest of the day. So he's very much filling himself with the concerns of a million things that he has no control over. Um, whereas my mom is a little bit more liberal than that. She's, um, you know, she's traveled a little bit herself. So she was really excited for me and, you know, um, slightly envious about all the things I'd see and the people I'd meet. Whereas my dad was, he was convinced that I was going to get my tent set on fire or people would mug me on the high and things like that. <laughs> and it's like, trust me, nobody wants my rucksack with my sweaty socks in it and my, my filthy <laughs> right. t-shirts and stuff. There's nothing in that that anybody wants. And if they do want it, they're in for a really nasty shock. And they got to get past moose first. So That's right. You've got moose with you. Yeah, I mean he'd be, he'd be rubbish in, in a fight, but he's got a he's got a really really, you know, robust bark to him. So yeah, and that's sometimes that's just enough to keep people at bay. I was so, it'd be so funny. We'd be in the tent at night, and then all of a sudden, we'd the tent would illuminate because somebody shine a torch on it. At which point he'd go mental, and somebody go, "There's a bloody dog in there!" And then you'd hear him <laughs> scurrying away. So. <laughs> kind of kind of job well done, really. But yeah, it's um. You have to have you have to have your street smarts. Of course, you have to yes. have your street smarts. But you know what? Talk to people. Um, find out about people. The, the, there's there's a huge benefit in it, not only for yourself in finding the fact that actually you can find empathy with people, and you can, you know, you you find out that actually, you know, you are more often than not more similar than to, to other people than you realize. And it's the fact that you know. Even where our differences are concerned, we still have common, common human aspects to us, um, and it will. It'll. It'll. I, I. I believe. You know, mixing with people, talking to people, it makes you more open and compassionate as a human being. So yeah, go out there and talk to that stranger on the bench. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you know. So um, I have. I have one last question for you before we wrap this up for today. Okay. So, you'll finish doing the uk yeah and do you think that you would tackle another country yeah i mean it's not beyond all reason one of the reasons why i 
why I stopped my coastal walk to kind of concentrate a little bit on the, the waggy walk aspect of it is because I wanted to open this up to people. So at the moment, it's just me and Moose. But in future, there will be, you know, I'm hoping to, to contact other people that maybe they don't have huge adventures the same as what Moose and I have, but they've got adventures nonetheless. And wouldn't it be great if we could collate those and kind of compile waggy walk tales where, you know, lots of different people could kind of chronicle what their, you know, their own little adventures and we could share. Yeah, those it could be their daily well, walk so. or they take a day trek somewhere and you can put it, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, so that's, that, that, that's kind of where I got with this and yeah, absolutely. For me and Moose, there's, there's 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 Ireland to walk after this and um, yeah the uh, I'm I, I'm not too sure how I'd be able to do it with Moose I don't think I'd be able to but at some point yeah there's there's certain long distance walks that I'd like to do so the Camino de Santiago in Europe and I'd love to do is it the Pacific Coast Path as well yeah because I've heard you've got some nice country around there. <laughs> There's there's a lot of nice country. It's a big country. <laughs> I know, I know. Sometimes I'm quite envious of that. I'm very well traveled in the UK. I'm kind of running out of places to go. Um, and so, every yeah. every state, every state in this country is so different from each other too. The 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 topography and everything. So there's every state. Yeah, you know, there's plenty to choose from. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been I've been over a couple of times. So I've been to Missouri. I've been to Kansas. Um, I've been to Florida. So. Yeah, I've never really done the East Coast. I'd, always, I'd love to do New York. Well, now you know somebody on the East Coast. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me on Let Fear Bounce. And I definitely do want to keep in touch and have you back on to hear more about your adventures or even have you back on in a couple months and you can tell me how your book's doing. Because yeah. as an author myself, I get so excited for other authors when they when they get their books out there. It's just exciting stuff. So we will make sure, folks that are tuning in and listening, that we will have all of his contact and all of his links available in the show notes so you can keep up with him when they resume their journey, Chris and Moose, and then you can also purchase a copy of his book. Chris, once again, thank you so very much for joining me on Let Fear Bounce. This has been an absolute blast. I loved it. Yeah, and me too. Thank you so much for inviting me on. And yeah, everybody, you know, good luck with your own adventures. Exactly. Adventure on, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take care.